Thank you, Timo. Good morning, church. Okay. It's 2021 energy. It's 2022. Come at me. Good morning, church. That's what I'm talking about. That's the energy that I want to keep throughout the whole preach. Okay. Uh, you like to say three things while I preach. Number one, you can say amen. amen. Two, you can say preach it. Preacher. And three, you can say ride that bus. We don't know what it means, but we like it. Um, why don't you look at your neighbor and say, look again. And then look back at your neighbor and just look again. <laughs> I've got a message this morning, and that's the title of my message, Look Again. There's, I'm pretty sure most of us in this room have already looked at the course of the year and probably started to plan and set things in motion, get solutions to a possible problem that you're seeing, our worldly eyes have begun to work, our worldly minds have begun to work. We've looked at the year, and possibly maybe just the first six months, but we've had a look. And one of the ways that we do that is through the ever-famous New Year's resolutions. Oh, let us pray. I'm I'm just joking. I'm just joking. (laughs) So New Year's resolutions are, I don't know, you can feel whatever you feel about them, but they have a certain uh, infamous nature about them where uh, you start, but you don't really seem to finish. Uh, and the premise around that is, is you saw something either within yourself or a goal or your, somewhere in your life, whatever it is that you had a look at and you wanted to change. But the very... The thing about that is it's based on your own capability, your own will. This morning, I would like to submit to us and posit to us, if we could look again at this year, but don't look with your earthly eyes. Look with your spiritual eyes at what God might be doing and submit yourselves to that. Can we do that? Look at this year again. Look at your neighbor and say, look again. (laughs) Okay, that was special. Look again. Look again. Have you ever been in a situation where you saw something that provoked your brain and your body to have to look again? There was one time I was in Joburg. Um, We went up for like a little bit of a conference. And on our way back, we stopped at, I think, Mall of Africa. Um, And then we went to the one section where there was literally... No one. But there was Gucci, all those other things. I'm like, let's just go have a look. So then we walk into one of the stores, um, myself, Mike, and Luto, and I walked into Gucci. And I looked at, I think, the the slops or something. And I saw 23,000 rand. And I was like, I I had to look again. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry, is there a comma missing somewhere here? Surely this can't be it, Lord, for a pair of slops. What are they made with? this can't be okay. Are they like, is there gold somewhere in here? Am I going to get paid just to get these shoes? Um, but this cannot be it. I'm telling you now, I, I, saw, I reached my limits. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go wait in the car because this is clearly not my section. Um, <laughs> but there are things within our lives that provoke us to look again. When I look at a story in the Bible, that is about sight and essentially vision. People saw something 
and they failed to look again. The Bible tells us that for lack of vision, people perish. And that vision doesn't just mean your eyesight. I would like to suggest to us that the writer of Proverbs is saying that if we don't see things the way that God does, if we don't see what God is doing in a specific moment, then we will perish. And we cannot in 2022. So can we open up our spiritual eyes this morning and look again at 2022? This isn't a message about prosperity and like, oh my gosh, do all the nice things and God's going to be. Nope. I'm just saying to you, look again. Look again. And then ask you one simple question. What is the promised land that God has prepared for you this year? That's your homework. Go back, ask God the question, and begin to look at this year again so that we may not perish for lack of vision. Guys, stay with me. Beautiful. We're going to be looking at a story in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. These guys were at the edge of the promised land. And God says, here's an instruction. Go do this thing. Go have a look, essentially. And that's what he says. Numbers chapter 13. Look at your neighbor and say, look again. (laughs) The Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. Where the tribes, these are the tribes uh, and the names of their leaders. I'll skip that section, just jump to verse 16. These are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land of Canaan. Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua. Moses gave uh, the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people, are, people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season of harvesting for the, the first fruits. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rehob, near Lebo Hamath. Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where Ahamin, Sheshai, and Talmai, all descendants of Anak, lived. The, the ancient town of Hebron was, found, was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they came down a they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol, which means cluster, because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelite men cut there. So they venture into the promised land and they see exactly what God had said. Beautiful area lush fruits, land flowing with milk and honey. At this point, you must be thinking within yourself, if you're one of those Israelite men, woohoo, we have finally made it. We are here. We can uh, call it a day. And 
jump right in. But then they have to give a report of what they see. So for 40 days, they spend their time looking at all of the promised land, and they have this report to share. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Now at that point, we've got to think to ourselves, God is exactly the person that he says he is. He's reliable, he's trustworthy. He said it's flowing, with milk and, it's flowing with milk and honey. Cool, let's just jump in. Let's just march into the promised land and get the thing that God promised us. But there's a but. And for most of us, as we know when there's a but, anything that comes before the but becomes irrelevant. So yes, it's flowing with milk and honey, but. That's what they say. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw uh, giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. So now their focus had shifted. The thing that they were looking at was no longer the promise. It was now the problem. If you think of your own life, as I think of my own life, I'm, I can recant or recount moments where I've, God has said this thing, and I can see exactly what God is saying to me, but my goodness, my brain just went, but God, are you seeing this thing, and this problem, and this problem? So now my spiritual eyes were closed, but my worldly physical eyes were open to the problems and I began to miss the promise. They were in the promised land. The thing God had said is going to give them. But they took their eyes off of the promise and put it on the problem. I wonder if in your observation or your thought over the course of this year, if maybe God had begun to whisper to you, this is what I want to do. But you just saw problem after problem after problem. And you've taken your eyes off of the promise and placed it on the problem. Their fear began to overpower their faith. And I am hoping and praying that after this message this morning, our faith will conquer, dominate our fear. As we hold on to the promise in spite of the problems that we see. Amen. So this is what Caleb does in an attempt. So there's 12. Two of them have somewhat of reasonable faith in response to what they saw. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. We can certainly conquer it. I wonder what had happened in Caleb's eyes that was different to everybody else's eyes. Because they all saw the exact same thing. He did not miss the giants, but he also didn't miss the promise. He didn't miss the problems, but he kept his eyes on the promise. 
There is a promise that God has for you this year. And I'm pretty sure all of our brains are going to begin to just list all of the problems. But can we be a church that holds on to the promise in spite of the problems that we begin to see? This doesn't go well for Caleb and the crowd. But the other men who had explored the land with them disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report around about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. I would love to, to tell you that in my thinking of my own um, planning for 2022, that, I, oh my gosh, I'm like Caleb. I'd love to tell you that, but I'm not. <laughs> when I thought about this year, I was like, Ish, yeah, Lord, budget. <laughs> but I began to just like, let's deliver the problems. Okay, cool. What is what's the possible solution? I was like the... 10 of the 12. When I saw the problem, I began to shrink back because it happens after this moment, calamity breaks out. They begin to raw and roar against Moses and say, why did you bring us into the wilderness? We should just go back to Egypt. Let's go back to what we know. You might have looked at this year and seen a sea of uncertainty. That's fine. You serve a very, very certain God. So there they were, seeing a sea of uncertainty. We cannot possibly win this battle. But that was their physical eyes deceiving them. Their physical eyes deceiving them. Possibly in some of the areas that I think that we get a promise, hear a promise, but begin to shrink back to the thing that we used to know, the sensitive topic that Ross spoke about, finances. Oh my goodness. God says that he will supply all of your needs according to his glory in Christ Jesus. But, God, have you seen the bills I have to pay? God, have you seen my kids are going to school? God, have you seen this? I have to fix my car. I have to do this thing. I have to do this and do that. God, have you seen? Your butt begins to stand in the way of your blessing. <laughs> that sounds weird to say. <laughs> I like it. You can stay. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> but the but begins to stand in the way of the blessing because our vision has moved away from God. Or possibly in the area of our community where God says that it is two are better than one for they get a good return for their labor. But... God, I'm an introvert. But God, I am this way. I love my own space. We begin to shrink back into the thing that we feel is comfortable. Is the known. Is a certainty. If you, this is a throwaway. Introvert, extrovert, ambivert. Kick those things. Son and daughter of God. That's where your identity comes from. Not these worldly labels. Jesus was not an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert. He was just a son of God. Anyway, 
or maybe in the area of your marriage, where it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. But, God, have you seen how, what's the word, unpresent, is that even a word? Anti-present, <laughs> not present, she is. We don't talk the way we used to. Or wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. How when it's just nothing there? Gets home and just sits on the couch. These are very difficult. I'm not making light of them at all. Difficult circumstances, absolutely. But there are promises that God wants to give us. And I could go on and on about different areas where God wants to deposit a promise. Whether it's in your discipline, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your uh, understanding of your righteousness, your devotional, your, um, the way that you engage with people, how you love others, what you understand about grace. God has a promise that he wants to deposit into your life, whatever that might be. You will see the problems. You will see the giants. But church, can we hold on to the promise in spite of the problems? Can we hold on to the promise in spite of the problems? Caleb and Joshua make one final stab, make one final attempt (laughs) at trying to get these people's vision to move away from the problem and focus on the promise. And his response to their fear is absolutely incredible. And I pray that this will be our response after this message. Um, Numbers chapter 14. Now imagine the whole rara, the whole chaos, the whole we want to go back to Egypt has happened. Moses and Aaron then fall down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who, uh, who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothes. Always a weird thing to read in the Bible, like in the middle of a conversation. And then you continue the conversation with the bare chest. Um, and it's awkward when the guy has like a hedge on his chest. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> tore their clothes. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. Can you give me faith like that? Can you give me faith like that? He continues to say, They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. When God gives you your promised land, your promise for this year, He is with you. No matter the giant that you might see along the way, they are but helpless prey to you because of who is with you, not what you can do. Not what you can do, but because of who is with you. The problems that you and I might see in our promised land only become seemingly impossible to conquer when we remove God from the plan. 
When you remove God from the plan, it becomes impossible to conquer the promised land. But God wants to give you and I a promised land this morning for this year. If we would just simply look again, but open up our spiritual eyes to see where God is taking us. To see where God is taking you. Church, can we look again? Friends, can we look again? The interesting thing that I think about Caleb and Joshua's response to their exploration of the promised land is that they understood something about the original instruction. So if we jump back to Numbers 13, verse 1, God says to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. They understood that the promised land was already theirs. Your promised land for this year is already yours. You simply need to have the faith to walk into it in spite of the giants that you see. In spite of the giants that you see because they are but prey to you because of who is with you. Come up, Lonzi. I'm going to wrap up. I don't know what God might want to say to you when you go home and begin to look again at this year with your spiritual eyes now open. But here's what I would like to encourage you in stick to His plan. Stick to His plan. Proverbs 29 verse 18 in the message translation says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Church, don't let your butt stand in the way of your blessing. Submit yourselves to what God reveals this year for you. And you will be most blessed. Whatever your promised land, submit yourselves to that plan and you will be most blessed. But can we open up our spiritual eyes this year? Ask God, God, what could you possibly want to do in and through me this year? Where can I partner with you this year? Where can I grow a little more this year? How can I serve a bit more this year? How can I trust you a bit more this year? Whatever my promised land, God, I will submit myself to that and trust that you will take care of me for you will supply all of my needs according to your glory in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. Ignore the problems. They'll come and go, but he remains forever. So this morning when you walk out these doors with a rejuvenated outlook in 2022, go home, 
close the door and just begin to speak to your father. He is ready to speak to you. This could be your best year yet. This could be your best year yet. So as we begin to um, journey into 2022 and the momentum is starting to pick up now a little bit, I pray that no matter what you see when you and God begin to look at this year, that you can look at your problems, look at the giants, and just be like, about when, when, <laughs> you are my prey. Because I have God on my side this year, far more than any other year. The thing that he'll show you is already yours. Just have faith. Trust his plan. Can we do that this year, church? So what are we going to do when we get home? Look again. Look again. God bless you. Jesus' name.